In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Merry Christmas to all of you. Brothers and sisters, if you've noticed, the world around us is kind of on fire. Morally, people have declined to the point of degradation in an intense way, in a most intense way. Actually, in a shocking way. We see what's going on in the world around us, the political movements, the cultural, the cultural degradation, the decline of moral value, the decline of relationships, the decline of people's mental, physical, and spiritual health. We see all these things declining very rapidly. And everybody's noticing it, and everybody is waking up to it, and everybody understands that this is going on and acknowledges these things. No one is really disputing this. No, I've not heard anybody make the argument that, oh, we're really progressing now. Now we're really getting better as a culture, as a society. Things are looking up. No one is saying that. If you pay attention to the culture around us, nobody says that. And the reason why is because everybody understands we are on a decline. People give different reasons for this, but I'm gonna give one, which I obviously think is right, which is the reason why I'm saying it. We have neglected religion. And more than that, we've rejected God. We have rejected God. As a society, we have told God, no thank you, from a long time ago. And it took a few decades before that no thank you has turned into the decline of culture as it has today. And the disruption of life as we know it now. It took a few decades because that's the way humanity works. But now we're reaping the fruits of the seeds that we've sown. But what happens on a societal level is just a grand example of what happens on an individual level. That when we reject God as a society, things decline. It takes some time, but it does. It declines to the point of degradation, to the point where we don't even recognize ourselves as the society that's come from the societies that came before us. So likewise with the soul, with the human person, with the individual. When we reject God, it might take some time, but we decline, we degrade ourselves, and we end up losing ourselves. In the Second Vatican Council, which is the church council from the 1960s, the Catholic Church said, when God is rejected, man no longer knows even himself. When we reject God, it's not that we no longer know God only, we also no longer know who we are. And so the people today, speak about being lost, speak about being in chaos, speak about feeling uneasy about the way things are going. And that's perfectly predictable. Religion has been thrown out. God has been thrown out. Our faith has been thrown out. And now we get to feel the consequences of it. And in my opinion, we quite well deserve it. In the Gospel reading today, we have the account of the birth of our Lord. Today is Christmas, and on Christmas, 
we celebrate and we commemorate Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, God himself, the word of God through, him, who, through whom all things were made. He's become small, he's become a baby. He's become a poor baby and has given us an example of exactly what, hu what the human being looks like by becoming one of us and showing us what the, what the perfect man is like, Jesus Christ. And the season and the holiday of Christmas and the culture around us is marked by joy. All the commercials speak about joy. All the, the songs are, are singing of this joy of the season. And yet we don't really think about what is the reason for the joy? We don't really think about that too much. We've taken it for granted. It's something that we instinctively know somehow or another that this season is about happiness and it's about joy. But the culture around us, of course, having rejected Christ, doesn't know why we feel joy. And in fact, they just use it as a, another way of making money. It's just become a commercial commodity for them. But for us, why do we experience joy in the Christmas season? And how is it that religion, our faith, incorporating ourselves into that faith, integrating our faith into our lives again? How is it that coming back to Mass every Sunday, not just Christmas and Easter, how is it that partaking of the Qurbana every Sunday, not just Christmas and Easter, how is it that going to confession every couple months, not just at First Communion and then if you make it to death, how is it that partaking of the sacraments, reading scripture, really incorporating ourselves into our faith, how would that bring us the joy that this season is really about? There are many ways that we can show this, but I kind of want to go through the life of the Virgin Mary up until this point. Because if you're going to look at somebody as an example of the joy that you get from being faithful to God, the Virgin Mary is the perfect example of that. And already during the season of Advent, we've had three accounts of the Virgin Mary and what God has asked her to do and what she's done in return. The first is from three weeks ago now, in the first of Advent, first Subara, when the angel Gabriel, it's actually second Subara, sorry. When the angel Gabriel comes to her and says, you will bear a son, he will be great, he will be the son of the Most High, he's going to be the savior of the world and all these things. And Mary struggles with this because she says, how am I going to have a son if I don't know a man, if I'm not married, if I'm a virgin? And he says, well, the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the, 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 the shadow of the Most High will overshadow you and all these things. The Virgin Mary, once she understands that this is what God wants from her, she says these amazing words that every Christian in the world should repeat on a daily basis. Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. Mary responds by saying, God wants this. Let it be done as God wants it. So the first thing about the Virgin Mary is that she seeks immediately and without hesitation to do the will of God, not her own will. She does what God wants her to do, not what she wants to do. We know that because she didn't plan on having kids. She was a virgin. So 
God changes her life around completely, and she says, yes, whatever God wants, I'm going to do that thing. Then we have, immediately afterwards, the angel Gabriel at that same account tells her, look, your cousin Elizabeth, who's an old woman, she also has conceived a son. And she's six months pregnant now. Because with God, nothing will be impossible. It's a miracle because she's old. Mary immediately, and it says it in the gospel, she went with haste. She went quickly over to Elizabeth to visit her, to spend three months with her while she was in the last three months of her pregnancy and helped her out until she gave birth to serve her. So that's another thing about the Virgin Mary that we can learn. She seeks to do God's will, and then she seeks to serve those that are in need, those that need help. She sees somebody in need, and she goes and she helps. And in fact, just to add one of these to the Virgin Mary, when she's at the wedding of Cana with Jesus and the disciples, you might know the story. They're at a wedding. And you know, at a wedding, if you run out of alcohol, it becomes a problem. So they're at a wedding, and they run out of alcohol. And Mary tells Jesus they have no wine. And then Jesus, in response to her, and in obedience to his mother, churns water into wine and fills up the place with, with wine again. But the point of that is, Mary is looking out for what the needs of the people are, and then she goes to find the solution for them. She goes to make up for it. Mary sees that her cousin needs help. She, she hears it from the angel. She runs to her cousin. She, she's at the wedding. She sees that they have no wine. That's embarrassing. She tells Jesus, in secret, help them out. Mary looks for where she's needed, and then she goes and she serves. So, so far we've got two. Mary seeks to do the will of God above her own will. Mary seeks to serve others and not herself. And then what we have from today. They go to Bethlehem because there's a census that must, be ta that must take place. And so Joseph and Mary go to Bethlehem in order to be enrolled. And there she's going to give birth. But they can't find a place for them to stay. And so they end up staying in a, in a manger, in a place where animals dwell, where animals are fed. They stay in this poor place where human beings don't even live, where it's not even proper for a human being to be in. That's a place for animals. What does that mean? Well, besides the fact that Mary seeks to do the will of God and not her own will, that Mary seeks to serve others and not herself, Mary is also poor. She lives in poverty. Now, the most beautiful thing about this is without these three virtues, seeking the will of God, seeking to serve others, and poverty, without these three virtues, one cannot become fully human. We lack our humanity. We no longer resemble what God made us to look like, which is his image. We no longer look like him any longer. And we know that because when God becomes human, he's the perfect image of God. And what is Jesus? Jesus, in all things, seeks to do God's will. 
in all things serves others, right? He said, I came not to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. And Jesus is poor. He lives in poverty. He says to his disciples, birds of the air have nests and foxes have holes, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. He has shown us what true humanity looks like. He has shown us what it means to look like a complete human being. He has shown us, as his mother has shown us, what it looks like to be truly joyful. What is the season of Christmas about? It is about joy. Why is it about joy? It's because God became small for us and he gave us an example that we must follow. To seek to do his will, part of which is the third commandment, keep the Lord's day holy, come to mass every Sunday, receive qurbana, not just when we feel like it and not uh, avoiding it if there's a football game or something else going on. To seek to serve others and not merely to serve ourselves, not to be selfish, but to give of ourselves for the sake of others, for the good of others, and to, to live in some form of poverty, or we can translate that simplicity, not having so much. The Christmas story is beautiful because you zoom in on the Christmas story and what do you see inside of that manger? All you see is Mary, Joseph, and Jesus. And Mary looks at Jesus and Joseph looks at Jesus and Jesus looks at Joseph and Mary. And they just sit there and they look at each other and their presence of one another is the very joy of their lives and they're in poverty, and they seek to serve one another, and they seek to love God above all things, and they therefore don't have any of all the worldly stuff that we have that distract us from one another. Brothers and sisters, Christmas is a season of joy, not because of all the stuff that we buy and all the presents and all these things, not because of all the commercial and the worldly stuff that's constantly being imposed upon us, it's because Jesus and Mary and Joseph are in a manger and they invite us into that holy family setting in a manger. Let us take up that setting. Let us seek to do God's will. Let us seek to serve and let us seek to live in simplicity so that we can find that joy that God and our faith teaches us that without which we can never really find joy. Amen.